I knew I was going to be successful. You know, I, I didn't know how I was going to do it. And I don't, you don't need to know how. The process will reveal itself in time. But I knew I was going to be successful. I knew it was something that I wanted to do. Hello, and welcome back to the E-Tribe. This is Isar Metis, your host. Did you ever ask yourself why Disney movies are so powerful, why we love them so much? I can tell you they all share the same format. They bring you to a very big challenge and they make you face your own fears or the deepest secrets that you don't want to tell anybody about your fears. And then they show you a way out and the hero goes from this rock bottom situation to a great success. The same is true for almost any Disney story out there. And to be honest, almost any good story out there. My guest today has a very personal such a story. Justin Balansat was out cold, drunk on the streets of New York and managed to get out of there to live right now what he's calling the life of his dreams. In his really personal and touching way, Justin shares how he's taking the lessons he's learned from being what he calls a successful alcoholic to being a very successful business person and an entrepreneur who's currently running a fast-growing real estate company in the New Jersey area. He's also coaching sports to uh, local teenagers, and he is starting his own podcast to help other alcoholics go through the journey that he was able to go through. So overall, this is a really inspiring, very touching interview with a lot of life lessons, a lot of great entrepreneurship lessons as well. So let's get started. You're listening to the E-Tribe podcast series, a podcast that inspires people to pursue their passions and become better at what they do. I'm Isar Matis, a serial entrepreneur myself, and I'm sitting down with other members of the E-Tribe, entrepreneurs, e-commerce experts, e-marketers, and other e-people. We come from different industries and different places around the world. Together, we discuss challenges, solutions, lessons learned, and tools which help us be more effective and make an impact in our world. Hello and welcome back to the E-Tribe. This is Isar, your host, and I have something very special for you today. You know how I love good entrepreneurial stories and they become a lot more interesting when there's a very interesting human story behind them beyond just the entrepreneurial journey. And my guest today, Justin Balansat, has such an incredible story to tell from both a personal and an entrepreneurial perspective that I know is going to just blow your mind. So, Justin, I'm so excited that you joined us at the show today. Isar, thank you for having me and thanks for that introduction. I'm pretty humbled by that, but thank you. I don't want to spill the beads for you because I'm sure you'll do this much better than I can ever, you know, introduce your story. So please tell us your story in your own words. And again, usually I tell people kind of like tell your professional story with your, I think your personal story is a very big part of your professional story as well. So just start wherever you want and, and kind of like tell us your journey that got you to what you're doing today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll jump right in. I've been sober three and a half years. 
I quit drinking. Drinking was my drug of choice if, if we have to choose one, but I was, I was an experimenter. I, I like to have a good time all the way back from when I can, you know, remember as a teenager. And so three and a half years ago, I decided to quit drinking. You know, you just get to a place for me. I got to a place where I didn't recognize who I saw in the mirror. I knew I was unique. I knew that I was good at what I did. And I knew I could be even that much better if I was clear. But what I didn't know and what I still don't know is what my potential is. And that's the exciting part. I worked in hotels. I was a hotelier, if you will, in New York City, originally from Seattle, Washington. I grew up in a naval family, moved around a lot, born in Spain, lived in Iceland, moved to Texas. Sister was born in Texas, moved to the Seattle area, which is where we kind of found our roots. And I stayed there through college in the Western Washington area. After college, I moved to Hawaii just because I was sick of what I was doing. I was an exercise science major. I played football in college. I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. And I was 21 years old. So I thought, you know, let's move to Hawaii. I had a friend out there who had a pretty stable job. And so me and my buddy, another entrepreneur, ran out there with one-way tickets. And we set up shop for a couple of years. And that's where I got into hotels. I was a busboy. I was running food at the pool at the Sheridan Keaho Bay in on the big island of on the big Kona excuse me Kona was the town the big island was the island and so I did that I I moved up to management because I I think my skills you know on the island kind of um, stuck out a little bit it's a very lazy kind of island life right I think that's just natural for me I came ready ready to to get to work, to do stuff, to make my life. You know, I was, I was free. I was out of college. So I moved up to a supervisor pretty quick. And then from there, I moved, I transferred over to a property in New York City. My, the girl that I was dating at the time was from the East Coast. And so we made our way back over here. And I That's spent- a big difference going from chilled Hawaii to the heart of <laughs> New York. Huge difference, huge difference. And I hated it. It was a very tough transition. It was really the first city I'd ever lived in because, I mean, I was of the suburbs of Seattle. You know, it was, it was one of the larger high schools in the state at the time. It's now the largest high school in the state, but it wasn't urban, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, it was everything new was new experience, public transportation, subways, getting out of New Jersey. Cause I lived in Hoboken, New Jersey and was working in Manhattan. So learning just, I mean, everything and the competition for everything. And, you know, it was, it was exhausting and I hated it really for the first six months. I didn't think I was going to last, but I stuck it out and I stayed for the next 14 years and developed a really bad drinking habit. And it seemed like the farther up the ladder I got, the deeper in my drinking hole I went. And I learned that from the people that were around me, really. You know, I think my, my, personality, I probably would have had an issue somewhere along the line, but I think moving to New York City and watching the managers above, before me and with me really expedited my issue. I think your story is so interesting because you moved around a lot 
and and it means you had to develop a skill to adjust right so you moved from so many different countries so many different environments and and yet you found yourself eventually in a place that in the beginning at least you didn't like and kind of stuck there which is i don't know if you see that as one of the triggers that started your your transition into drinking but it definitely sounds like that from the very little i know yeah yeah it was i mean it was it was hard. I was alone. You know, I was resentful of my girlfriend at the time because she was from the East Coast and had friends. You know, the natural progression for people who go to school on the East Coast after college is to move one to one of the major cities, New York City, yeah. Boston, Philly. And so she had a lot of connections and I didn't. And so I was alone a lot. And or at least I felt alone. And I was also putting up giant walls because I was learning from everyone else in the rat race of New York city that emotions are bad. You know, you take care of yourself. You look out for yourself at the expense of anybody and you have to be cutthroat. You have to make decisions that aren't emotional, which I think is okay. But what, from what I learned is is that I I put up massive, massive, massive walls and I put them up around, you know, I I learned to put them up around what I was doing in the city, but I also put those walls up around some other shit in my life that I, that might've still been bothering me, you know? And, And through that entire time, we were still working on hotels, doing different, bigger and bigger jobs. Yeah, yeah. I was in food and beverage shows, you know, I worked anything within a hotel, food and beverage wise from in room dining to mini bar to banquets, to restaurants, bars, cafes, coffee shops. Uh, you know, I've worked them in the hotels. You know, again, you're describing a story that is kind of like on the professional life. You're like, okay, I'm starting to get the hang of it. I'm starting to do things in hotels. I start to get used to the city on your personal life. You more or less hit rock bottom. I, I want to pause for a second to tell everybody that there's a happy ending or at least happy, happier present, right? And then a much happier future, hopefully. Tell me like five sentences, what are all the things you're doing today? Because that blew my mind when you, when you told me that before we started before yeah. we started recording. So today I own a successful real estate investment company. My fiance and I are real estate investors. I also coach three sports at a local New Jersey high school. I coach football, wrestling, and softball. And then I still work events. And, you know, events is in my background. Events is something I'm good at. Events is something I like to do. And it's a great networking tool. And then on top of that, I just started my own podcast. And, and that's called The Alcoholic Entrepreneur. And that is really my baby for the last two months. I'll have some live episodes coming soon. But that is, is something, a whole new creative side of myself that I've learned through COVID and through sobriety to tap into. And so this podcast is, is a podcast about mindset and the mindset that it took me and has taken others to get sober and to fight those demons and, and the mindset that it's taken me to be a successful entrepreneur of many businesses. And, and those things, you know, at a very base level are resiliency and perseverance and overcoming and blocking out outside noise and trusting in yourself, believing in yourself, putting it on your shoulders, not listening to the opinions of everybody else. You know, all of these themes that helped me get sober have helped me in my entrepreneurial journey and and allowed me to do all the things that I'm doing right now. 
I love this. Again, everything you're saying is so inspiring. I want to, though, go back for a second and kind of understand two things. The first one is, what was the epiphany moment? Like, was it a long transition? Was it like one morning you, you woke up and you said, okay, this is like I had enough? Like, was there one event or was it a period of time where you said, okay, I, I need to find a way or I got to stop or like, what was the trigger that made you get out of the deep hole you dug for yourself and start doing something else? That's a great question. For most people, alcoholism is a progressive disease for most people. I, for me, it was too. And it started way back. I mean, really when I started experimenting, you know, so it's, it just progressively got worse. And as you get older and as you get, you get access to more things and more people, it just becomes easier. And as life gets harder, you deal with the issues that you don't, you know, and everyone deals with life, life, listen, life is hard. And the hard part of my life, you know, up to this point was the sobriety part, but I have many other hard parts, but you know, life is hard and, and it's hard to deal with those feelings and it's easy to escape. And then when you find something that allows you to escape and feel good, because listen, don't get me wrong, you know, drugs and alcohol, they feel good. That's why people use them. That's why they get addictive, you know? Yeah. So when you, when you couple the, all that storm together, it's, it's, a, it's really tough. And it's really easy to look back at yourself one day and say, well, how the hell did I get here? But my last drink came after an event. I'd worked all day. I drank all day. And, you know, my tolerance just broke. And I blacked out, which wasn't abnormal, but I ended up calling my fiance somewhere on the streets of New York. And she somehow found, drove in and found me, scooped me up, put me in her car. And 48 hours later, I was off to treatment, but I knew I needed to go four to six months earlier. I, I had actually emailed her and just said, like, I was having a hard time. Like I knew, I knew if I didn't get, if I didn't change and if I didn't make some big steps that that treatment was probably going to be inevitable. And I dreaded it. I had a lot of friends go to treatment. I kind of hung my hat a little bit on the fact that I was one of my only friends that didn't go to treatment. And so, you know, that was hard. It was life-changing and, and it was the best decision I had made. Are you still with the same fiance? Yeah. Yeah. She's been with me through, through it all. I mean, she saw you know, she saw me drink. She's, she's known me now without a drink. She's seen me through the transition, you know. And you said you guys have a real estate investing firm right now. So right. take me through this, right? I'm like, you come from, I got to really rock bottom, like being blacked out in the streets of New York within a few years to having a real estate investing company. How does that happen? Now I'm talking more about the practicalities of the business side of things. How does that happen? Because it's incredible what you were able to achieve in such a short period of time. Yeah. Well, like sobriety, I had to humble myself and I needed to open my mind to people who have been successful in sobriety, to the teachers and therapists that were there to help me through it, coaches. So in my entrepreneurial journey, I needed to humble myself. So I quit my six-figure job as the director of banquets at a major hotel in New York City. And I started trying to figure out what being an entrepreneur meant. 
I was always interested in real estate. I knew it was a lucrative industry if you made the right decisions. I understood owning assets and owning property and how the appreciation of property. And so I knew that that was a good business model to follow. And I didn't see that happening in, re- in many other investments other than maybe the stock market, which is very volatile. And so I quit my six-figure job and I went to a B2B door-to-door marketing firm. You know, those guys that are knocking on your doors wanting you to buy Verizon and, sure. and makeup. And, and that's what I did. I did that for almost, well, I did that for almost a year, I think maybe eight months. And so that was humbling, but that is the very base level of, of sales and talking to people and being uncomfortable, putting yourself out there, like all skills that you need to have as an entrepreneur. If you're going to build a brand, you need to stick your neck out there and, and risk some shit, including your pride. So I did that for a little while and then I got out. We tried to, Devin and I wanted to get into real estate. So we started just talking to people that were flipping, that we knew. We started trying to educate ourselves, but there just wasn't enough out there that we felt comfortable making the risks that are necessary to make in real estate without the proper education. So for us, we joined an educational program. It was expensive and everyone has their own opinion on them. For me, it was one of the best decisions I made. It was an investment in myself. I put it all on myself and on my shoulders. And it was up to me to educate, to use the curriculum that they had, to use the coaches that they had, to implement the systems that they were teaching us, and to join and start networking with their groups nationwide. You know, it's a nationwide group of investors. And so we fully immersed ourselves in that and didn't listen to what people were saying about these educational programs. And we committed and we learned. And now, you know, we're flipping multi, you know, million dollar properties. Now we're doing luxury high-end edition rentals where, you know, we're starting to dabble in commercial where, you know, we obviously want our passive income portfolio to be insane and massive and be, you know, have a legacy to leave behind to who, you know, our family, which, you know, we want to do a lot of things and we want to impact the world. We want to impact lives. We want to change people's lives, which is, you know, I want to start a scholarship for, for my high school growing up and the high school I work at now. We want to start nonprofits. We want money so that we can give money back. And I don't want to be rich just to be rich, but I'm not going to say that I don't want to be rich because I do. I want to have a lot of money, but I want to have a lot of money so I can help a shitload of people. I, I'm so humbled with everything that you're saying. It's so amazing. I mean, you're, all I'm saying is coming from somebody who's done the journey on his own, the personal journey, you know, it's legit. You know, a lot of people saying, oh, I want money because I want to be able to help other people. But a lot of people just say that and they don't actually do that in the end once they have the money. I know you will because I can see it in your eyes that you want to help people go through the journey that you went. You want to see people go out of I, my life is not what it needs to be, but it can be. My next question, kind of like, what were the key tools, the main things that the program kind of like opened your eyes? Because you said before, you said, okay, I thought I knew real estate. I understood the concepts. I understood how you can build wealth with it. I understood it's not volatile. I understood, but what didn't you know? Like what 
big aha moments you had in that journey through that program? An aha moment was that I didn't have to be rich to own real estate, that there are ways to leverage money that, that they don't teach you, right? So financial education, you know, from taxes to financing properties, you know, private lenders, hard money lenders, you know, lines of credit, you know, self-directed IRAs, you know, all these different things. So those, those were big aha moments. And those were moments that filled in the gap for me between purchasing the real estate and where does that financial piece come in? Cause not, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my, even at a hundred and, you know, $150,000 salary, you know, living expenses and all this stuff. Like if I, even if I saved, like it's going to take me years to get up to a hundred thousand dollars. And, and I don't, you know, I want I don't want a hundred thousand dollar house. Like, you know, it wasn't making sense. So how do, how are people leveraging, you know, what, what does it actually take to purchase, you know, what kind of money down and what kind of interest. And then, and, and then the group was just, it's a group that you can trust. It's a trustworthy group. They have thousands of members and they have a private Facebook group. You know, if I ever had any questions that I couldn't find in their curriculum, I could just ask in, in the Facebook group and I would get an answer from just about anybody. They have field experts is what they call them. And so people that, and there's hundreds of field experts and these are experts you, in order to be a field expert, I think you have to have done 10 plus deals. So they're people that are vetted. And so if you have questions, you can literally search their Rolodex of coaches and field experts, you know, and, and that included Devin and I reaching out to partners, husbands and wives that run businesses together because we, we butt heads at the beginning. And that included, you know, people that did multifamily homes versus single family homes versus urban homes versus rural homes. And so we, I could find people in my area doing my things or similar areas and, and get their advice on things and know that they were trustworthy. So that was the biggest thing. Real estate can be kind of a shady game and who you trust and who you listen to is huge regardless of it, what industry you're in. So you have to surround yourselves with the right people, the right trustworthy people who also want to see you succeed and not just want to make money off your back. And even, and even after I've gone through this process with this educational program and I come out of it, I've still been taken advantage of, you know, and I've still made bad moves, but I shortened the learning curve probably a thousand percent by investing into an educational program that I opened credit cards for, you know, but I knew I was going to be successful. I, you know, I, I didn't know how I was going to do it and I don't, you don't need to know how the process will reveal itself in time but I knew I was going to be successful. I knew it was something that I wanted to do. Again, brilliant. I, I, I want to do two things. One, I want to use what you just said as a transition to kind of like the, the, the next segment of what I want to ask you. And it uh, relates to what you said before we started recording, which how do you harness the skills of being a successful addict, like you said, to be a successful entrepreneur? But before we dive in there, I want to summarize a few really amazing things that you said from the beginning of this conversation through this point. One is invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. And just like you said, I'm like, you have to understand that in order to grow a business, grow a family, grow your relationship, have impact in the world, you have to be a better you. 
you have to create a future version of yourself that is better than your current self so you can do more things. These things can be helping other people. These things can be making more money. These things could be being a good husband or a good father to kids. So investing in yourself is so important. And people, so many cases, put that aside because they're focused on doing anything else that they're doing, right? Because like you said, life is not easy and it's tough and there's a lot of things that needs to happen in parallel. So that's one key point that you said. The other is, and you actually gave two amazing examples, is surround yourself with the right people, right? And when I say two different examples, you had a fiance that walked the whole process with you. When you have somebody that knows everything about you, that you have complete trust in back and forth and can help you in bad times and push you further in good times, it's magical. And if you don't have somebody like that, it doesn't have to be your spouse. It could be a good friend. It could be a mentor. It could be somebody that you have trust with, that you can share things and get real feedback about what you do and the choices you make. And then the third thing you said, which is the group, right? Find a group. And, and it doesn't matter what is it that you do. It could be friends. It could be people online in the right Facebook group. It could be a program you sign yourself into. Find a group that are trying to do similar things to the things that you do that can help you grow and help them grow, right? It's, it has to be a very open and very supportive relationship in all ways, but it's priceless. Like nothing else can give you as much. So thanks so much for these takings. But now I want to go to what I said before. What are those things, those core skills? And again, I love the way you frame it for being a, you know, a successful alcoholic to being a successful entrepreneurs. What things did you take that help you? And you said it just now. You said, I knew I'm going to be successful. So I can open lines of credit and credit cards and put myself further in debt because I know that's leverage for me to be successful. You knew because you had special skills and mindset that you knew that can help you. What are they? I think that the number one thing is just humility. Humility, don't, you know, humble yourself to the point where you're, you choose to not be the smartest person in the room. You know, you're, you, you choose to be the person that's asking the questions because you don't know. And that's, that's not an easy thing to do. So humble yourself to know that you don't know, you know, you don't know everything. You don't know what your potential is. You don't know where you can go, but that's okay. If you, once, once you know that you don't know, and I think that's something that Buddha talked about is knowing that you don't know, right? Actually knowing that you don't know opens unlimited things for you, right? Because when you think, when you're arrogant enough to think that you know your limits, that's exactly what you're doing. Like you're setting limits on yourself. You're setting your own limits. You know, if I truly believe I don't know how successful I can be, I'm just going to grind every day and I'm going to do something every day that I love to do. You're going to be successful and you're gonna, it's all going to come together, you know, but you got to humble yourself to know, to know that. Right. And, and I think in sobriety, you have to humble yourself to accept the fact that you have an issue. You have to humble yourself and acceptance, you know, accept where you're at in that moment. And it's only been up since then for me, luckily, you know, there's ups and downs, but as far as like the drinking goes and listen, relapse is part of sobriety too. You know, relapse is most people relapse. Most people don't have a one and done story like I do, but that's okay. 
You know, it's just like an entrepreneur. You're going to fail a gajillion times. I fail every day. You fail every day. And that's okay too. It's okay to fail. Actually, in fact, I would suggest you should probably try to fail at something every day because you, that you'll get used to the failure and you'll get used to just moving on, you know, on to the next, whatever it is. But that's got to be the mindset as an entrepreneur. You got you to gotta keep it moving. You can't dwell on the past. You know, my, a sponsor of mine or somewhere in the rooms I heard, and, and there's many sayings like this, but I heard if you got one foot in the past and one foot in the future, you're pissing all over today. So, <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't base your life on your past and you can't base your life on, on your future either. You know, you, you got to stay present, right? And you got to just do the right thing right now and make a bunch of good decisions throughout your day, small good decisions throughout your day. You're not going to make good decisions every time throughout your day. You're going to make some bad ones, but try to make some good decisions throughout your day. And then something that Jesse Itzler, who is a mentor of mine, said is he said, do something that makes you proud every day. Do something you're proud of every day. And I think if you do one thing that, you, that makes you proud every day and you acknowledge that you did something that then I think you're moving your needle forward. And I think you're, that's a good reinforcement that shows that you're being intentional of what you're doing. And that's a good start. Brilliant. Really brilliant. You know, I, I think you made it so practical because it started with big words, right? Humble yourself. And I was literally about to ask you, so, okay, so how do I do this? But then you gave the answer, right? If you say, know that you don't know, ask the questions, make small steps. And I think one of the biggest mistakes people do is they set very high bars and expectations for themselves, which sets you up for failure in most cases. Some people actually hit the very high bar they set, but in most cases, it's very hard or it's very hard to see the end, right? It's like, you're like, you, you only see the small steps. It's like, you know, I, I'll give a completely different examples. You don't see your own kids, quote unquote, grow. But you go to a cousin and you see their kids like, oh my God, they've grown so much. Why? Because you haven't seen them in six months. Mm -hmm. So it's the same kind of thing. When you look at your own progress, it's a very small step linear progress mm -hmm. that you don't see. And you need to be very aware. It's exactly the things that you said, which I absolutely love. You need to be very aware of the things you achieved today. If you were able to do something today that you said you're proud of, but it could be something very, very small. You know, I said I will do one, two, three today, and I did one, two, three today. This could be small things, but it's something that you should be proud about because you set a goal and you actually achieved it. It doesn't matter what that is, what these things are. It could be very, very small, but you're making progress, which is the key to getting somewhere. So right. again, amazing. Justin, if people want to connect with you, people want to find you, if people want to listen to a new podcast, which is coming out when? When's the new episode going live? The first episodes will be by the end of next week, but it is live. There's a trailer up right now that kind of just gives an overview of the podcast, a couple minutes long. But yeah, our, I'm recording and editing right now, so I'm just getting, I'm getting a handful together that I can drop all together at once and give my listeners a good over, array of of episodes for my first first ones going live. Amazing. So, what's the name of the podcast? The Alcoholic Entrepreneur is the podcast. It's available on all platforms, wherever you, wherever you download podcasts. Just Divine Properties is our real estate investment firm. We're located in New Jersey. We do work in New Jersey mostly right now. 
So if there's anybody there out there listening that, that's looking for a home or, or has some opportunity, real estate opportunities, I'd love to hear from you at justdivineproperties.com and on Instagram, Facebook, Just Divine Properties. So LinkedIn, Justin Balance at on LinkedIn, you'll see you know, all of our companies, businesses, all the places I've worked in my life, you know, and before we go, I wanted to say one thing, you know, you talked about expectations and setting yourself up, you know, if you have too high of expectations, there's, I'll quote the big book and I hope I do it right. The big book is what we use, but there's something I, I memorized in there, a line that says, my serenity is inversely proportionate to my expectations. So, if I have super high expectations, the chances are my serenity or my happiness could be the opposite of those expectations. Whether, whether your expectations are very low of, of whatever, you know, the chances of your serenity and being happy with the outcome are probably going to be much higher. I love it. You gave me goosebumps, man. Like really, for real. <laughs> I appreciate it's a great, it. It's a great sentence. And, and I think it's, it's, I love the combination in you of these two seemingly opposites, which are not. One is like, I don't want to set high expectations, but on the other end, I know I'm going to be successful and I know it's beyond what I can grasp right now. And again, I think these two things, if you find a way to settle these two things with yourself, you're setting yourself on an amazing path. Yeah. And it takes time though. You know, it's, again, this is not an overnight journey. Like you guys are hearing me three and a half year, years into therapists after therapy, after therapy, individual together, 45 days at an inpatient, you know, hours of meetings, uh, tears and anger and emotional roller coasters. And, you know, I, it sounds very nice right now. It's a fucking hard trip but I wouldn't trade it for anything because what I, the life I'm living right now is literally, and I mean this with every sense and being in me, I'm literally living the life of my dreams. I do what I want to do. I live an entrepreneurial life. I build homes. I coach young kids. I fish whenever I want to fish. I have a podcast to get to talk to people like you and, and influence the world potentially, maybe change lives, maybe save lives. Like, it doesn't get any better than this, but it doesn't happen without making a very big decision, a very big 180 turn in my life. And it doesn't happen without consistent work every single day, whether no matter how hard it is, no matter how revealing, vulnerable, whatever, like you just got to do it. There's no other way around it, just like athletics and, and getting in good condition. There's no other way around it than hard work. Justin, again, <laughs> this is goosebumps all over again. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing with us and for what you're doing. I think it's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's humbling. Every time I get to, I get to come on someone's show, I, I mean, I just, I love it. So thank you for taking the time and having me and, and having a platform like this. Such an amazing life story and such an incredible entrepreneurship story by Justin. It's really touching and it's really amazing that you can achieve basically whatever you want if you just have the right mindset. If you like entrepreneurial stories that also have a very touching and very fascinating personal stories as well, I suggest you check two episodes that we've done in the past. One is called Seven Keys to a Successful Business by a Thriving Entrepreneur with Melina Turico, who really has an amazing life story as a single mom, 
for some of the time and how she was able to grow a business literally by grinding and never giving up. You can find that by scrolling back on your podcast player or just by going to theetribe.com forward slash 19. The other episode that you probably don't want to miss is called How to Change Your Mindset, Seven Life-Changing Tips for Success from an Inspiring Blind Entrepreneur. It's a really incredible, incredible story with Isaac Litsky, who lost his eyesight in his teens and yet became a very successful entrepreneur. This would be episode 17, so scroll back on your player or just go to theetribe.com forward slash 17. If you've been listening to the recent episodes, I told you something big is coming and that it's coming in the next few weeks, and I'm ready to tell you a little bit more at this point. The E-Tribe podcast is going to be changing its name to the Business Growth Accelerator podcast. For you, nothing changes if you're subscribed to this or if you're looking for it on your feed, you will still see it in the same place, just with a different name. I'm telling you that so you don't get confused and think you're in the wrong place. The E-Tribe website and the Entrepreneurs of the E-Tribe Facebook group are going to stay as is to allow our tribe to get together and continue discussions and questions and so on the way we're doing today. But the podcast is going to be even better, more exciting, more energy, higher level guest. It's going to be incredible. Want to know what it's going to be like? Here is the trailer episode for season two that again is going to be called The Business Growth Accelerator. In 2004, I came to the US with a bunch of Israeli guys chasing our startup dream. In 2006, I saved enough money and bought a house, my little piece of the American dream. But that dream quickly became a nightmare. Seconds after I bought the house, the market crashed. I lost everything I had and I didn't sleep for six months. So what did I do? I started another company. That company had an amazing idea, raised a lot of money, but ended up busting because of bad decisions by the CEO. That was me, by the way. But then, with an amazing group of people in a startup within a bigger company, we built something new and were able to grow it to $100 million in sales, and the company sold. So in my professional career, I was in three different startups. One went public, one busted, and one had an amazing exit. But through these years of experience, I've noticed there's not one blueprint that works every time. But if that is the case, how do you differentiate between complete catastrophe and an amazing success? Well, it took me 20 years to figure that out. But now I'm on a quest. A quest to get you there much faster. How am I going to do that? I'm interviewing successful entrepreneurs, world-class experts, and together we search for gold practical mindsets, tips, and systems that you can implement in your business to grow it today. You will hear amazing entrepreneurial stories, really funny moments, and lots of actionable business tips. Welcome to the Business Growth Accelerator.
I hope you find this at least half as exciting as I do. But this is the new baby. This is what's coming up for season two. And it's going to be really, really amazing. So stay tuned. I would love your feedback on this. So find me on social media, Isar Matis on LinkedIn or on Facebook. And let me know what you think. And until next time, have an incredible week. Hey, Tribers, I hope you enjoy this great interview. If you have, please share this with your friends and your colleagues. If you would like access to similar content or you would like to get the notes and the resources mentioned in this interview, please visit us at theetribe.com where you can find other great interviews like this one as well as many resources and tools which can help you grow or start your business. We would love it if you would join the eTribe, either as a member or as a contributor. You can do that on the website as well. I hope you would listen to us next time and until then, have a great day.